and welcome to Authorise, the podcast where writers speak. My name's Kevin Hillier, and today you'll meet Sarah Bailey, and we'll talk about her new book, The Housemate. More on that in a moment. Our great podcast partners are CSCG. If you want to talk finances, they're the people you want to talk to. And you need to talk finances because you need to make sure that you're getting the best deal possible for yourself. And they'll make sure that you get that in whatever area it is, whether it's uh, taxation, whether it's superannuation, whether it's financial planning. They have experts in all these areas and they'll talk to you about uh, exactly what you want to talk about. Uh, You set the agenda and uh, they'll fill in all the dots for you, fill in the blanks and uh, answer all the questions. And you can do that simply by jumping on the website and uh, seeing what they're all about, seeing the people that you'll deal with at cscg.com.au or give them a call. They're always up for a chat on 9974 8333 and we thank them for their great support of our podcast. Today on Authorised, you'll meet Sarah Bailey, uh, author of The Housemate. It's her fourth book. It's a terrific book. Uh, Won't give away anything. There's no spoiler alerts to be had here. It is just a terrific book from start to finish. So let's meet the lady who wrote it, Sarah Bailey. Congratulations on the book. Wow. It's it's terrific. Thank you so much. The best described is a whodunit with with an OMG ending. Oh, well, I'm glad that you think that. That's lovely feedback. You, you mentioned in the book, uh, in the acknowledgements at the end, that uh, this idea has been been milling around in your head for a while. How long did it take to kind of take it from the milling around in your head to, to actually what I'm sitting and looking at right now? Well, probably around two years. I was, I was working on another novel when I was first sort of thinking about this idea. It started off as a bit of a thread of a thought and then... I guess I just started building on it while I was writing the other book. And then once that one was finished, um, I sort of, um, yeah, kind of wrestled this idea into a proper format, I guess. This is your fourth book. The first three books had a central character. You you jumped out of that central character and, and invented uh, Ollie, the, the, the central character in this one. Was that a was that a, a difficult thing to do? Was it something that you really wanted to do to, to kind of break away from the, the character you'd, uh, the Gemma Woodcock character? It was difficult in some ways. Like, I think it did take me a little while to sort of get into a new world. Um, And I think right at the start of having this idea, I did briefly consider Gemma sort of still being the detective and solving this case. But for just a couple of different reasons, that didn't feel quite right. So I decided that um, a journalist would be really well placed to sort of be at the heart of the the mystery to solve. And it kind of just went from there. So... Yeah, really sort of um, enjoyed kind of, I guess, creating a new character and creating a whole new world around that character. Yeah, one of my favourite things to do, I think, is character creation. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I did have to sort of, I guess, a few a few times along the process just check that it wasn't too Gemma-like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, uh, how do you go about building your characters? Because you do build them beautifully. Oh, um, thank you. I'd... I don't know. It's probably a really terrible answer for um, <laughs> a podcast because it's sort of, it's definitely not done with, uh, I guess, a lot of strategic intention, if that makes sense. It's very organic. I don't sit around and think about them too much and I certainly don't go to the length of sort of plotting out um, descriptions or personality summaries or anything like that. It's pretty much just write and go. I do think probably in the redrafting um, that I do, I, I add a lot of colour and layers and quirks and, and things into the characters. Yeah. But when I'm actually writing it, it just kind of is, 
is done in that draft mode where I'm just writing really fast and, and hard at, at different scenes and they sort of come to life as I go. Are you prolific? I mean, does, does it spill out of you, the, the story? Does it just kind of get its own momentum and go whooshka? Yeah, I think I, I definitely write really fast, I think, sort of compared to a lot of people I know that write. I sort of I definitely feel like that is something that is um, a characteristic of, of my style. I think I think a lot about things up front and then I write quite quickly. So, yeah, it does sort of just, just sort of come as I go and I don't, really get writer's block. I think if I end up getting stuck on a certain scene, I just sort of jump to the next one and and write. So I don't tend to even write particularly linear at all times. I sort of jump around quite a bit. Yeah. And I find that kind of good just from a getting getting the words down. I don't I try not to sort of get too stuck and sit there feeling stuck. I just sort of pick up somewhere else that I've got an idea for and and at least get that scene written. You're, you're a mum, you've got uh, two young uh, children. When do you write? How do you write? And, uh, I mean, Stephen King famously gets up at 9 o'clock in the morning and turns the computer on and starts writing and finishes at 5 in the afternoon, has a lunch break. How do you, how do you fit it all in? Uh, well, I definitely don't do what Mr King does because I work full-time. Yeah. So um, I um, that's my, my full-time job um, hours. I write a lot in fits and starts, I think. So I'll often sort of um, have huge stints of writing time you know, maybe like an entire sort of Saturday, I'll, I'll sort of block off and just write as much as I can. Or, you know, one night that I have free, I'll sit down for a few hours and just really try to get as much as I can can done then. It's not like a daily habit or anything like that. If I get up early some mornings, I'll, I'll kind of do an hour or so. But I'm, I'm pretty good at picking up and putting it down and not needing necessarily huge periods of time, I can kind of just jump in and out of it generally pretty well. So basically whenever I can is the answer. You know, yeah. I just try to fit it around everything else really. Yeah. You mentioned you, you don't have a like a, you know, a, a big whiteboard with the uh, the middle, beginning and the end of the, of the story all done. Does it evolve in your head or do you know where it's going or does it just spill out of you and go, oh, I'll take it here now? I generally have a kind of very loose overview in my head but it is pretty loose so it'll sort of be the beginning the middle and the end and um, it, it won't sort of have a lot of detail around it and then as I write that tends to sort of be filled in and for me the more I write the more ideas I, I tend to have there's something about being in that zone of writing things down that seems to like kick my brain into gear to just keep thinking sort of through sideways spots and lateral ideas and character things kind of come to me. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely the process of writing that I think breeds more writing ideas. So, yeah, I don't plot. I don't plot anything out sort of physically. It's sort of in my head. Yeah. There's a lot going on in your head, obviously. Um, you, <laughs> you, you, you did kind of a little bit of work experience with this one. You kind of trailed around with a couple of people to, uh, to get, uh, I guess I guess it's the authenticity that you were looking for, for for this book? Yeah, I did. I mean, I was very lucky when I was quite young. I um, had a few weeks of work experience with a newspaper and with a TV um, network. So that gave me, I guess, a little bit of a background into how the, how the sort of stories come together what the daily rhythm and pace kind of tends to be. But that information was sort of 15 years out of date. So I wanted to make sure I had a, a modern view of it. 
Um, and I also wanted to, I guess, just experience the, a, a court scene again and remember what that was like to report on and sort of how the journalists all interact with each other. Just some of that detail that it's hard to dream up if you're not quite sure how it actually plays out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I tag-teamed along um, with a few um, journos who were very kind to me and let me sort of, yeah, act like a little work experience kid and it was great. It was just a really good way to kind of frame up that perspective, I think. So hopefully it kind of comes together in the, in the actual book. When you uh, when you lay in, uh, did you do this during the book, that, that generational gap um, kind of uh, odd couple thing that you got going on between Ollie and Cooper in this, did you lay that in after or did that happen as you were going along? I think it happened as I was going along and I was quite, I guess I was quite aware of that sort of um, plot line just because it's something that comes up in my job so much and I think it's just a general it's just a general occurrence in, in the kind of industry that I work in at the moment that there's this real sort of tension or um, difference, I suppose, between experience but also capability. Yeah. So I think it's it's a real it's a really interesting area to explore. I find it really interesting and knowledge doesn't like these days, you know, knowledge and sort of um, understanding can kind of trump tenure. So I don't know, you know, what 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 we what we all do with that really fascinates me. Yeah. So, yeah, I was pretty conscious of it, but I think I probably went back and uh, amplified bits of it in the rewriting and, and sort of just maybe brought it to the fore a little bit more just so that it was a really kind of clear storyline, I guess. What do you want someone who's standing in a bookstore or online about to uh, order the book, what do you want them to know about The Housemate that, that'll make them want to uh, want to pick it up and read it? Oh, that's a good question. Um I guess I want them to think that it's a book that they can get lost in for a couple of days and get stuck into a character that I think is quite complicated and and interesting uh, and hopefully just get taken away by a story that's got all of the kind of crime tropes that people who read crime like, but, you know, it's it's still its own unique story. So I think that's probably, that would be a good outcome. Yep. Uh, you uh, you went through the process of uh, when you give the manuscript to other people to read it. How how does how do you feel about that? Is that that is that the biggest moment of terror for you? Like when you hand it to your parents <laughs> and ask your parents to read the book? Yeah, it is. It's definitely a bit scary. I mean, I think I'm at a point now where I am so relieved to have finished a manuscript, um, even if you know there's more work to be done, that there is a huge relief. But yeah, it's definitely a scary kind of time waiting for feedback. Um, my parents did read it, an early draft of the book, but it was a full draft. So I've, I've kind of, I, I've, I don't share really early drafts anymore. I've stopped doing that. I do right. tend to wait till I think it's actually, you know, in a decent place. But they both read it and they both really liked it. So that was, a, that was encouraging. And then um, my agent reads it and she's pretty, you know, she's pretty um, honest and she can be quite brutal. So her positive feedback was incredibly reassuring. And then the ultimate kind of goal keeper is my publisher. So um, I was definitely nervous about her <laughs> reading it and wanting her to like it. Yeah. Um, and she sort of, she texted me when she was about 30% of the way through and said, no, I'm 30% of the way through and I'm loving it, um, which was, such a relief but then as my eldest son pointed out he's like yeah but she hasn't finished it yet so she might hate the ending and I was like okay thanks <laughs> so, 
um, yeah, it's um, it's a harrowing kind of process. I think every part of the process is stressful for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely the, the bit that feels the most kind of risky, I guess, because it could all come tumbling down if there's a real problem. You mentioned you've got a full-time job in the advertising industry and you've got uh, two young boys. Um, you, and what drew what drew you to, to writing? What was the pull to, to want to sit down and write the, you know, now this is your fourth book? Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of, I think it is something that I've always wanted or been interested in doing. I found like a, an old um, school thing a few years ago and I'd written on, on that, you know, that I really wanted to write a book one day. Okay. And that was when I was about 17 or something. So. Like it's definitely been something that I've always been interested in, but I guess just had this sort of flash of realization a few years ago that if I wanted to do it, I just kind of had to sit down and, and write it. Wanting to do it was not going to sort of make it <laughs> yeah. eventuate. Funny so, about that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did get a bit sort of more serious, I guess, at that point, and um, I did um, go and do a short course with the Australian Writers Centre. I think more than anything, just to sort of almost signal to myself that I was genuinely, you know, interested in pursuing this. So that was actually really helpful for lots of reasons. Um, I think skills definitely, but also just like a psychological kind of flick of the switch to go, right, you're doing this now. And then, yeah, I I do like it. It's funny. It's one of those things that I don't always enjoy the process of it. And, you know, I find some parts of it really hard work, but I definitely, I miss it when I'm not doing it. And I sort of, I still have that desire to want to write a book. So having written some, it doesn't go away. It's sort of, it's quite addictive, I think. So even right now, I'm like, I'm not really writing a book right now, but I think about it a lot. So it's a funny, funny relationship that you have, I think, with writing. That thrill you get, and you would have got it with the first book uh, probably, and you probably still get it with each one. It's like children, I guess, of, of having that thing in your hand that has your name on it and, and uh, the title and all that and having it in your hand and looking at it and going, you know, I did that. It's it's yes. it's an amazing feeling. It really is. And I think, you know, it's not often these days that something feels finished either. Like I, I guess that's why a lot of people, you know, do marathons and things like that because there's a real sort of sense of achievement and something that you can have finished. And I think book writing is like that too. Like, you know, with, with my job, um, there's sort of mini, mini tasks and mini goals that get finished, but they certainly don't, like it doesn't sort of, it doesn't end. There's kind of not really an end point. It kind of rolls on and on and on. And there's something pretty satisfying, I think, about, you know, starting a book working really hard on it, taking on board all the feedback, doing all the edits, all the hours, and then having it sort of being able to hold it in your hand, like you said, and really kind of go, I did all of that and it was kind of all worth it. It's, yeah, it's a really, really satisfying feeling. Yeah. Have we seen the last of Gemma Woodcock or will, uh, have you got have you got more stories with her in mind? Yeah, I think so. I, I wasn't sure after the third one. I sort of did feel like perhaps it was, a good way to end the series, but I have since come up with another idea that I actually am quite excited about. So I haven't I haven't really made much progress, but I, I sort of think that that could eventually turn into something. So we'll have to see. Yeah. And you, you mentioned you're not writing anything at the moment, but obviously you're mulling a lot of things over in, uh, in that very busy head of yours about what you might do <laughs> next. Yeah, I am. I'm, I mean, work is incredibly busy at the moment, so that is 
taking up a lot of my um, time. So that's, and that's good. Like I enjoy that. So that's not a problem. But I think I just need to latch on to the right thing and then I can sort of build a bit of a plan around it. So I, I kind of, I think I need to feel ready. And then once I'm ready, I'm kind of in a writing mode and I'm like, right, now I will move quite quickly. So hopefully that will happen at some point soon. But I am, I am sort of, I'm not working on a book, but um, I, I have been asked to look at The Dark Lake, the first Gemma book, and work out how that might turn into a film. Wow. It was optioned a few years ago um, by a production company and sort of gone around in circles a little bit and then COVID hit and sort of it put a hold on a few of the plans. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, they've sort of spoken to me about looking at doing um, the treatment initially for that. So that's sort of a project, I guess, that I'm working on that's not strictly writing but definitely involves writing. So we'll see. When someone wants to take your words and make them into into a, a movie or a mini series or whatever they they finish up uh, doing with it, is that mm. is, is that something you want to have happen, or are you kind of very protective about your words and the image that that they create in people's heads? Uh, no, I'm not. I don't think I'm precious like that or protective. I yeah. think I think for for lots of reasons. Like I just think it'd be fascinating to see how someone else interpreted. Yeah. Something like I'm kind of genuinely just interested in how that could play out, but also I think I work in advertising and I'm very used to ideas sort of starting in one form and then evolving into another, and someone else kind of picking elements of it up and adding to it and extending the thinking. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm not at all protective and I'm quite kind of curious more about how that would play out. So. That, that would be fine. I would be very happy with that. <laughs> uh, because for someone who uh, at the age of nine picked up The Godfather and and that's a book that you, you say is <laughs> that there's there's the ultimate uh, the testament to someone taking someone's words and making it into something where you go, wow. Definitely. Yeah, no, I love that story so much. And I, yeah, obviously have loved it for a long time and I really like the character, I guess, strength of that story. Like, I think the story itself is pretty, like, propulsive and fun, but the characters were really vivid. So I have always really enjoyed stories that are quite character-driven but have, you know, strong plot. And, yeah, I agree. Like, that was obviously brought to life so, you know, passionately and and sort of um, effectively. So, yeah, when it's done well, it's incredibly rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, congratulations on the housemate, and obviously, and, and the books that came, the three that came before that. But uh, but this one is uh, is terrific, as I mentioned. A who done it with a with an OMG or various other little words you could use uh, ending. Uh, congrats, <laughs> congratulations on it. It's just terrific. Well done. Oh, thank you so much. I yeah, really appreciate that. That's lovely. And uh, and thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime. More than more than happy to talk about books with you. <laughs> <laughs> My thanks to Sarah for her time, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more of her in the future. Sarah Bailey is uh, the author's name, and the book is The Housemaid. It's out now from Alan and Unwin. Make sure you grab it, and it'll get you going right till the end. My thanks also to our podcast partners, CSCG. You can give them a call 
on double nine seven four eight triple three and talk to them about your financial situation, whatever it is, whether it's taxation, whether it's superannuation, whether it's financial planning, whether you're thinking of uh, you know borrowing or whatever it is you're doing, give them a call. They're the people to talk to. They're terrific. CSCG.com.au, double nine seven four eight triple three. Wherever you found this podcast, you can find even more of the authorised podcast with some terrific authors that we've spoken to over the last uh, 12 months or so that the podcast's been going. Jump into those and uh, lose a half hour here or there. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this one with Sarah Bailey. Check out the book, as I mentioned, The Housemate. And until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care of yourself. Listener.